Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Thanks, Steve. So no success with a little clip? No. Okay. We hear a lot these days about news, don't we? One of the big headline things is fake news. Um, I think it's one of Donald Trump's favourite terms. There seems to be a lot of fake news, he claims. But there's breaking news, there's news updates, there's celebrity news, local news, world news. There's even occasionally some good news. And we get news on our phones, we listen to the news in our car as we're driving, uh, on your tablet or iPad, uh, even on your TV, and occasionally by word of mouth you can actually get some news. Most of this news is only of... Most of this news is only of passing significance to us or interest to us, but that interests me. That sounds like some sound. Are we going to be right? All right. We'll go for it. This is good news. That's right. That's an excellent story. It's very well done. Now, where was I? Um, about news, good news. Sometimes we can remember for years to come where we were or what we were doing if we receive news that's particularly poignant, like really exciting news or really tragic news. I will never forget arriving home from a meeting in town here in June 2003 to the news that my father had been killed in a car crash. It's just shock. Or being at Camp Clayton and watching everything unfold with 9-11 and the Twin Towers falling down. And even sitting in the car park at Kmart in 1994... When Robin broke the news to me that she was expecting our fifth child, Matthew, and that was a... What? (laughs) 
We just bought a five-bedroom house, one for us, one for each of the four children. This, this didn't fit. If that shocked me enough, imagine how the shepherds felt when they were startled in the night by the sudden appearance of angels, an angel of the Lord announcing some astonishing news about the birth of a baby boy to a family that they didn't even know. Imagine that. Talk about an unforgettable experience and the, the choirs of angels are thundering forth, you know, glory to God on high, on earth, peace, uh, goodwill toward those on whom God's favour rests. And you can imagine the shepherds just being in shock about this. They would have told their grandchildren about it. I wonder if the shepherds had any idea that other people all around the world would talk also about this baby for the next 2,000 years and would set aside a public holiday to celebrate his birth. They would have had no idea at that time. So it's worth considering why this was such a memorable and ultimately significant event. For a start... This wasn't just a mere rumour doing the rounds of the countryside of Judea. It came totally unexpectedly and with astounding fanfare. Consider what we just heard read to us. We read this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. We're told, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. We're told specifically in verse 15 that the angels returned to heaven. We're told in verse 21 that the angel had previously appeared to Joseph and told him what to name this child. You think about that. Normally parents get naming rights. Normally you can say, I'm going to call him whatever. But Joseph was told that he was to call this child Jesus. Remember, Joseph didn't actually have anything really to do with, with the conception of this child. It just happened. It was beyond his control. When you think about it, everything about this story is unusual. Everything. Literally from conception right through. There's nothing normal about the story. Everything was unexpected, it was heaven sent, and for some reason these angels are being, uh, these shepherds are being told about it. What had happened previously to Joseph in Nazareth was now being announced to shepherds out in the fields around Bethlehem. They had no family connection with these people. It's not as though they were friends and knew the family. Clearly this was unusual. They were were unexpectedly being caught up in something far bigger than themselves. Now, I want us to just think about that. What is it like to suddenly be caught up in something far bigger 
than yourself. I think we actually had a little glimpse of that in a negative way this week on the streets of Melbourne when people going about their own business were were suddenly run down by some guy in a car. And you could see people standing there. It showed a picture of one girl. She's walking along and the car comes zipping along the street and then starts ploughing through people and they're going up in the air and she just stops. And she's looking, she's suddenly she's caught up in something far bigger than herself. What is going on here? Now, that's a a negative example. I struggled to find a positive one or I would have given it to you. But that probably gives us a little glimpse of what it must have been like for the angels, sorry, for the shepherds. They're just looking after their sheep in the countryside. All of a sudden, it's like heaven parts. An angel appears and announces to them about the birth of this child, then a choir of heavenly hosts appears, singing glory to God on high. No wonder they fell down and were terrified. They're overtaken by something bigger than themselves. Luke's account of this good news story shows us that that so often we don't have control of what goes on around us. We don't really have control of our lives or our destiny. The people who were hit by the car in Melbourne came to understand that. It was beyond their control. We can't even control the weather. One of the things we have to come to grips with in life is that things happen to us that are beyond our control. But what the shepherds are learning here is that God is at work. God has control. He can reveal himself from heaven. He was acting in history. And there were other witnesses, heavenly witnesses about this. And the announcement was that it was good news for the whole world. The whole world. So try putting yourselves into the shepherd's shoes. How would you react if you were going about your daily work And suddenly an angel of the Lord appears to you accompanied by a whole heavenly choir of angels singing about peace on earth and goodwill to everyone because a baby's been born. To say the least, it would be unusual. So unusual, you would scarcely make it up and expect your mates to believe you. But if you had the presence of mind, if something like this did happen, surely you'd whip out your mobile phone you, and you, you'd capture it, you'd get some, some snips, you'd take off into Bethlehem and you'd try and check out and see about what the angels had said, that the baby was born, and if you found the child there, you'd do some more clicking on your phone, this is what people are like today, they take photos, and then wild horses wouldn't keep you from talking about this. Wild horses wouldn't keep you, if you were connected to Facebook, from posting it. Or on Instagram. You could just imagine it unfolding today. Clearly, Luke is telling us these shepherds heard something that is just astonishingly good and it came to them from heaven. They didn't make it up. Luke's focus is not on the unusualness of what happened to the shepherds, but on the significance of the news about the birth of the child. 
He gives us the measured response of one who has carefully investigated the facts and written down an orderly account so we might know the certainty of what we read. Listen again to what we heard read before. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news of literally in the Greek, it's mega, mega joy. Hugely memorable gladness that will be talked about around the world for years. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. The inference is that the origin of this peace is from heaven and it's of mega significance for the entire world. And this, this word peace is significant for us. Its background is a funny kind of word called shalom. It's a Hebrew word, but it means the well-being that comes from God. The well-being that comes from God. Jesus used this word on significant occasions with his disciples, like just before his death. And he said to them, peace, shalom, I leave with you. My peace, my shalom, I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then straight after his resurrection, when he abruptly appeared in their midst, he said to them, peace, shalom, be with you. A kind of reassurance, it's me, it's okay. Some years later, the Apostle Paul would write a letter to Christians in Rome and he would say that we have peace, Shalom, well-being with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our peace. The message the shepherds heard was about such exceptionally good news that the entire world would be taken up with it as a story of ultimate significance. It's ultimately about peace and well-being from God. The favour of God had clearly come to rest on those shepherds. They had come across something of worldwide significance as they went about looking after their sheep. That doesn't normally happen. And all the evidence pointed them in one direction, to a baby born in Bethlehem. The angel's message was specific and precise. For to you, this day, in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a saviour who is Christ the Lord. There is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. That's exceedingly specific. So think about it. How often do you hear news of a birth announced to total strangers as to you is born this day? That would be like a maternity nurse saying to a total stranger outside the LGH, congratulations, a son's been born to you. Go up and see him in 4D, he's doing really well. Yeah, that would do your head in. It's, uh, uh, excuse me, I think you've got the wrong person here. Um, uh, I, I'm just about to catch a bus. I'm, I'm going to work. But that's the kind of thing that happened to these shepherds. What the Bible is insisting is that Mary and Joseph brought their firstborn into the world for the world. Jesus would not just be their boy. 
He was God's gift to the world. The angels had said to the shepherds, there is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Joseph had begun to grasp this probably earlier because he'd been warned in the dream and told to call uh, the name he had called his son Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. He would save his people, not just he and Mary. This news of salvation and shalom was not just for Mary and Joseph, but for the shepherds and wise men who came from the east, for the residents of Bethlehem, and for all Israel. Ultimately, for all nations, for all time to come. For you and for me today. The good news of Jesus Christ is God's power for saving the Jews first and also the Gentiles, as the book of Romans would later tell us. The angel is making a truly huge claim here when he announces this news to the shepherds. There's, there's something going on here that we cannot afford to miss. Christmas is really good news of peace for the whole world, but it's, it will only benefit those who receive God's favour and act on it. For those on whom God's favour rests. Clearly God's favour had come to rest on the shepherds. On earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Look at what the shepherds did immediately after the angel returned to heaven and God's favour had come upon them. They acted on what they'd heard by saying to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste to find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw him, they they made known the saying that had been told them about this child. All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They spread the good news. They couldn't keep quiet about it. Something deeply impacting had happened to them. And they were not going to be quiet about it. God's peace And God's favour had come upon them and it so overwhelmed them they could not help but speak of what they'd seen and heard. Why? Because the facts lined up. All the pieces fitted together. It was just as they had been told. And so they couldn't help but speak about it. I'm convinced that what Luke is telling us here is not fake news. It's the truth. It's the absolute truth. And I'm, I'm so convinced about it, I'm prepared to stand up here and to declare it to you today and to anyone who cares to hear. Our little media clip, the really good news of Christmas, gave us the message of the Bible in a nutshell. God is a loving king of everything because he made everything, including you and me. But we sinned. By saying no to God and made a mess of everything, trying to be our own little kings. God's punishment was to banish us from his kingdom, but his love and mercy led him to promise to rescue us through his son Jesus. He sent prophets 
to tell and to warn and to urge us to receive the child. And in due course, Jesus came into the world as, as our true born king, the saviour. And he died and he rose in our place to open the way back into God's kingdom. The way back to God involves confessing our sin, admitting this, and, and saying, Lord, we've rebelled against you. We've done the wrong thing. Thanking him for Jesus' cross, that Jesus died on the cross, and learning how to live with Jesus as our rightful king. Now, if this really good news of Christmas is truly something inescapable that, that happens, then we, when we rightly understand it, then we've got, if you like, a problem. If something happens to us that you, you know in your bones is true, then how do you keep quiet about it if you're utterly convinced it's happened? It'd be like telling those people on the streets of Melbourne during the week, shh, don't tell anyone about it. That, they'd be racing home, they'd be telling all their friends, they know, they saw it. They, they saw people writhing in pain, they, they, they were there. You can't keep quiet about it. Time and time again in Jesus' life and ministry, he would heal someone and he would say to them, now, Go off to the priest for your healing, but you know, don't noise this abroad. And they would go out and they would trumpet it everywhere. Why? They couldn't help but speak about what they'd seen and heard, about what had happened to them. And it's exactly the same with the shepherds. Now, you think about it. If you come to understand that what we're reading and hearing here is the truth, and it's not fake news, that this is good news for all the world, revealed from heaven, and God's prepared prophets thousands of years ahead of time for this day, and he's organised things through a dream, and he's organised uh, a virgin birth, and he's prepared Joseph for this news, and he's saying, he's going to be, your son's going to be the saviour of the world and call his name Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. And then you come to hear about it, and you find the news is for you, for you, there is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Then really being neutral or ambivalent about this is not really an option. If, if, if you're just ambivalent about it and you, you kind of, hmm, I would say it hasn't really dawned on you. The significance of it hasn't gripped you. If you're truly convinced of the mega worth, then you will do something about it. Think about it. Let me give an example. It would be like, um, going about your business and you discover a huge nugget of gold. Now, I'm talking humongous, a humongous nugget of gold in a paddock. Now, would you, you know, you don't have to be a jeweller to figure out that this is really valuable. Would you just say, oh, well, uh, don't own the paddock. Um, not much I can do about it. Let, let it go. Surely, 
If you're not to live with regret for the rest of your life, you would go to your accountant, you'd do your sums, you'd try and figure out, rain, hail or shine, some way that you can go and make an offer for that paddock that can't be refused because you know what's there. And and you are just utterly committed to doing something about it. For goodness sake, People are dying every year climbing Mount Everest in order to tick something off on their bucket list. And Mount Everest isn't the fountain of youth. It isn't going to save them. But they're utterly persuaded this is what they want to do and they go and climb Mount Everest and many of them die in the process. If If you have a dream... If, if you have something that's really dawned on your heart, you're committed to it. People sell their homes, their houses, and, and take out huge mortgages and all kinds of things to fund their sporting dreams or to, to buy their dream caravan and go around Australia. They'll, they'll, they'll do all kinds of things if they're committed enough to it, if they really are convinced about it. And we see here that these shepherds are utterly convinced. I ask you to really listen to these words from the Bible. For he himself, that's Jesus Christ, is our peace. His purpose was to reconcile us to God through the cross by which he put to death our hostility. He Jesus Christ is our peace. His purpose was to reconcile us to God through the cross by which he put to death our hostility. The Bible claims that that hostility between us and God and between people is only laid to rest through Jesus' death on the cross. This is a huge claim of mega proportions for anyone offside with God or with people. And we forget it or walk away from it to our peril. To ignore that news is even worse than finding the biggest nugget you could ever come across and then saying, oh well, can't do much about it. Would, would you? It just doesn't add up. That choir of angels sang of peace to those on whom his favour rests. And his favour had come to rest on those unsuspecting shepherds. And rain, hail or shine, they were going to find out about it. They knew. They were convinced in their hearts. And there may be an unsuspecting person here today, here this morning, who senses God's favour coming to rest on them. Maybe what I'm saying is, for the very first time, starting to connect and starting to break through the, the fog of Sunday school rhetoric. That you'd, you'd have heard about, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, he came into the world. And, uh, but maybe the true import, the true significance of this is really starting to hit home. The eyes of your heart are opening to this glorious truth about Jesus Christ. A messenger from heaven is knock, knock, knocking on the door of your heart. The good news of Christmas is beginning to dawn on you that Christ was born to die on the cross in your place and rise again to be your peace with God. 
Perhaps this good news is coming home to you with such force that you know you must act on it. That you, you, you've got to sort this out once and for all. If this is true, you, you want to know more about it. You, you want to have, you want this news. You, you want this saviour. And you're at, you'd be absolutely right to think that way and to be that way. Like those shepherds who searched and found their nugget in a manger in Bethlehem, you too will find the Christ nugget if you seek him with all your heart. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The Lord will not refuse you his treasure. He sent angels to declare it. He's gone to the trouble of writing it down in six six books in the Bible. He's gone to an almighty lot of trouble that we might understand the good news about Jesus. If this is ringing true for you, then allow me to lead you in a prayer that you can pray along with, in your heart, to God. And I encourage you to use these words to express your heart's growing desire to God. And if you do pray along with me in faith, I encourage you to tell someone about it afterwards. That's the nature of this good news. If it's really dawned upon you, you will not be able to be quiet about it. It will be in your best interest to share it. So let me pray and I encourage you to make these words your own before God. Father God, I'm both sorry and thankful and unsatisfied and pleased all at once. I know you lovingly created me, but sin has totally ruined me. With sorrow in my heart, I confess to you my sins. All my actions, words, thoughts that fall so far short of your standards. I recognise Jesus to be my rightful King and Saviour. Thank you for sending him to die and to rise in my place, to open the way back to you. Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, you are my faithful Saviour. You ransomed my life on the cross when you died and you rose again to make me your own. From now on, please help me to live for you and to share with others the amazing news of your great love. I pray this with all my heart in your wonderful name. Amen. Like the angels, we're going to sing about this. And again, I encourage you, if this has really meant something to you, share it with someone. Thank you, Steve. That's correct. We're going to sing our final song, Angels from the Realms of Glory. But I'd just like to just read a few words from the Bible again. And this is specifically for Christians, how we need to go about this festive season, which we'll do with joy. So from Colossians we read, Let the message of Christ 
Dwell among us richly as we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever we do, whether in word or deed, let's all do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Leave those words. There is morning tea available as well for those that aren't in a hurry. And um, yeah, there's coffee and tea there, so please stay if you can. Cheers. <laughs>